Welcome to the Life Chapters podcast, Real Women, Real Stories. Hi, I'm Stacey, and I am super passionate about showing everyday women like you that they really do have a story to share. In my opinion, everyone deserves to be heard. And on this podcast, you will get to meet some pretty fabulous women who have amazing stories to tell. Some of the stories you hear might trigger you, but they're all spoken by the women who lived them. Some of them will make you smile, some of them might make you cry. Welcome back to another episode of the Life Chapters podcast. I am with Georgie today. Georgie and I have known each other online for about eight years and I have watched Georgie from a distance and I know some of what she's going to share with you today, but I don't know all of it. So Georgie, introduce yourself, tell us where you are and tell us what you'd like to share. Hi everybody. Um, So yeah, my name is Georgie. I am a... 36 year old mum of two children both of which are rainbow babies so babies after loss and yeah I'm basically just going to talk about what happened and how we went from a pretty awful time to well amazing time so yeah just basically talking about that and um, hopefully by talking about it I can help make it less of a taboo subject I don't know if you saw yesterday Jessie J actually came out on social media and said that she'd had a miscarriage which I think is probably not one of the only celebrities but one celebrity that has openly just said this has happened to me and I'm struggling and it's awful and I want the help of people around me and that sort of thing so I'm hoping by just your normal Joe Bloggs mum me versus celebrities and everyone out there talking about it just might make it easier for someone that's going through it because it's it's not great. It's a tough time. And, and just for context, this is being recorded at the end of November 2021. Um, so, yeah, I saw that message from Jesse J yesterday as well. And it surprised me because a lot of the time we keep this behind closed doors and we don't share it beyond. And yet sharing and, and telling stories and telling your story, telling my story, we know it heals. So where do you want to start with that story? I mean, let's start at the beginning. So um so I'm happily married um I've got a lovely husband Scottish husband um and we've been together god like 12 years I think it is and we put an offer in on a house and it actually fell through but we were renting and it meant that when we went back to our landlady and said oh actually our house sale has fallen through um we we need to stay she said well I'm really sorry I'm actually putting the house on the market so we didn't have anywhere to live so I asked my parents if they wouldn't mind if we moved in for a couple of months. And they were like, no, 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 that's fine. I mean, it's not ideal. We were like 28 and 32 or 33 living with my parents, but it was fine. And we actually stayed there for longer. We were there for like nine, 10 months. And we got married at my parents so while in the local church. And we had like our reception in the garden and it was absolutely lovely. And then I think maybe a month or so after we got married, um, we had an offer accepted on a house. And I remember the first thing I said to Scott, as soon as the offer had been accepted, I was like, can I come off contraception now? Like it was that, it was just, it's all I cared about. All I wanted was kids. He said, yeah, I don't see why not. Um, Absolutely. So we came off contraception pretty quickly. Well, I think it was that day. 
And so, yeah, so we then started packing up our house and, um, well, packing up where we were living with my parents and we decided to do the whole lot ourselves. We had so much furniture, um, but we hired like a van and everything. And I'm, I do like to get my hands dirty. I will help and all of that sort of thing and carrying furniture and lifting stuff. And we were just filling this Luton truck until like three o'clock in the morning um, because we had it for only 24 hours and we just wanted to make sure we could get everything in. I think I wore the same outfit for like seven days straight because like all of my clothes were packed away somewhere. Yeah, we moved into the house and it was amazing. And our friends did come and help us move in, um, Chris and Steph. And bless them, they brought some sushi and a bottle of champagne and we just sat there. And I just remember like thinking, oh my God, is this actually happening? We've bought this house. And then drinking champagne, eating sushi, and I helped Scott get this massive mattress up the stairs. It weighed more than a baby elephant. It was ridiculous. And I just remember heaving it up the stairs. Um, and anyway, the next morning I woke up and I just thought, I feel really weird. Like I felt really, it was just this weird feeling. And in my head, I wanted to do this lovely like breakfast for Scott and I in the morning. So I don't know why, I just had a feeling that I was pregnant. It just, I woke up that morning and just thought, oh my God, something doesn't feel the same. And I knew that if you wanted to do a pregnancy test, you had to use your first wee of the morning. So I was like, I can't go to the toilet. I have to go to Sainsbury's, get this breakfast and also buy a pregnancy test. And I remember running around Sainsbury's at the rate of knots, um, like with croissants clutched in my hand and a clear blue pregnancy test. And I'd watched so many YouTube videos of amazing like pregnancy announcements to husbands and everything. And my dream was just to do something amazing. But in short, I was going to pee my pants and I just had to go to the toilet. And I remember being in Sainsbury's women's toilets, which aren't the nicest doing this pregnancy test my first one that I'd ever done in my whole entire life and um I was sat I was stood up leaning sort of against the the wall with the pregnancy test balanced on top of the toilet roll dispenser and I kept looking and then looking at my phone and looking and looking at my phone and literally it just flashed up pregnant and I didn't know what to do with myself like honestly this over like I was ecstatic jumping up and down in the toilet and I got back in the car, drove like an idiot all the way home. And I just ran into the house and I literally was like, I'm pregnant, screaming at the top of my voice. And I mean, there was no <laughs> planned announcement. And literally, it was just ridiculous. And then um, my parents were coming over that evening to have a Chinese takeaway and see the house. We didn't even have any furniture. And I remember deciding that we were going to tell my parents, even though that I was probably like, four or five weeks pregnant um because I was just so excited and told my mum and dad and it was amazing and then all of that happened and we just got sucked up into the whirlwind of having a child and told Scott's parents and everything and I remember everything was just fine and then it wasn't and it was my stepdaughter's birthday and we took her to the cinema to go and see Big Hero 6 and I had really bad tummy ache and I said to Scott I just need to go to the toilet before we go into um into the cinema and I was like Ella had her popcorn and her sweets and everything 
and we had my stepson with us as well getting all ready to go to the cinema and they were so excited and I went into the toilet and there was just blood everywhere and I was just like oh my god is this actually happening Ella's birthday I was in floods of tears in the toilet but I was just like I can't ruin her birthday so I sat and watched this whole film with Ella and Scott and, and Logan just like this is just horrific and then came home went back to our house and the bleeding was just horrible 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 Scott took me to hospital um and I remember lying on this bed and it wasn't I mean the NHS were amazing but this one particular nurse just was really uncompassionate just was just horrific and was like prodding and poking me and trying to take blood from me sort of thing this doctor came in and just went just leave her alone like just can you just leave her alone for a minute and he was lovely and he spoke to me and he said that I'm really sorry you're having a miscarriage you just need to go home and relax sort of thing I say relax but do whatever you could do um and it just went on and on and on it just didn't stop and I couldn't go to work and I remember Scott ringing my boss at the time and he was amazing my boss and Scott just to say like she can't come in she's had a miscarriage like there's lots of blood all of this sort of thing and I just had to ride it out and there wasn't really anything that you can do other than just wait like you just have to wait and it's just this constant reminder of like loss and just it was just it was crap and I just remember crying and crying and crying and Scott was crying and crying and crying and yeah you just think how has this happened and everyone was getting pregnant around me and I think you probably notice it more so that there's buggies and adverts on the television everything is baby related and I god I couldn't work out what I'd done wrong and then I started thinking oh my god was it because I was lugging all of that furniture and hadn't even I didn't even know I was pregnant so yeah it was really tough and my friends were amazing like my best friends were great and they were leaving like care packages at the front door and it was yeah it was really crap and no one really spoke about it at all ever I didn't even know it was a well I knew it was a thing but I just didn't know it was as common as it was and it's one in four which I didn't know and the amount of times that I've gone to the elderly pregnancy unit at Southampton Hospital and just had these horrible internal scans and stuff and the same words come out of their mouths every single time and it was just awful and then we were told to wait before we tried again blah 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 blah. so we did and I think we we did well we did try again um and also I don't think lucky is the right word but I fall pregnant reasonably quickly I'm just my body doesn't keep or stay pregnant and we fell pregnant again and lost the baby again and it was just horrible lying there listening to someone like do another scan and say like there's no heartbeat blah 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 and I think I hadn't come immune to it but I kind of knew what to expect now and I think when I fell pregnant and did the pregnancy test the second time I think I just assumed that it wouldn't work again so I'd kind of convinced myself that bad not bad well yeah that it wasn't going to end the way that we wanted it to and I also think that that not having a positive mindset didn't help because I was already thinking the worst before it happened ultimately it did happen yeah it was just 
it was just awful and it's just this overwhelming feeling of failure and loss and just I think because you let yourself run away with the idea of the buggies the names the holidays the nurseries like what's what's the baby going to look like and everything you start going on mamas and papas website and you start looking at baby food like and it just you get completely consumed by it and I started feeling bad for my friends because the amount of money that they were spending on bunches of flowers and chocolates and magazines for me it was just this constant oh George's had another miscarriage we need to make sure she's all right sort of thing and I remember going around to my friend's house and it had been after I'd just had my second miscarriage and I walked in and my best friend Emma I'll never forget it I walked into their house with two bottles of Prosecco and she was outside on her decking area and then I went inside opened the Prosecco poured it um took it outside and was holding my glass and like I'd given it to Emma and then she'd sort of like I wasn't really concentrating but then she put it down and I'm chatting away to her drinking my Prosecco and I was like where's your drink and she just looked at me and she literally, her eyes were welling up. And I was just like, what are you doing? Like, where's your drink? And she was just heartbroken because she was pregnant with my godson and my now godson. And I felt awful because she felt so bad telling me that she was pregnant. And um, I mean, it was amazing. And I was so happy for her. I drank a lot of Prosecco that night and I had given up smoking. Like I would say like eight nine months previously before I got pregnant with the first one but I did have emergency cigarettes in my car and I remember running out to the car and literally just grabbing my cigarettes because I was like I just it's not that I couldn't deal with the fact that she was pregnant I was so happy as I'm a best friend in the whole entire world it was more the fact that she had something that I didn't have and she already had a child and I was just like I just want one just I just want one sort of thing and it's like why can't I do it like what have I done wrong that means that I can't do it anyway we had a lovely evening I drank both bottles of Prosecco and it was it was nice and I think it was just a bit of a wake-up call of am I ever gonna have kids like why can I not do it sort of thing and then we fell pregnant again and I'd already told people once that I was pregnant so I had like their first elated responses and then we lost that baby and then I told people again that I was pregnant with the second one and still elated but slightly dubious nervous worried like experience of them like reacting to me telling them I was pregnant and then the third time I told them that I was pregnant them being family friends and stuff it was more of a let's just not talk about it let's just hope and pray but let's just not talk about it and I that was hard because it was like I really need you all to be like super positive about everything that's happening and I need this to happen like I need it and it was weird because I was like do I keep it quiet for longer and this is one of the biggest taboo things that I struggle with is that people wait until they're 12 weeks pregnant until they tell people oh my god like if I hadn't told anyone that I was pregnant then like how do you tell someone that you're not pregnant (laughs) like it was and I just wanted anyway to cut a very long story short Sienna was born and it was just amazing like I was so poorly when I had Sienna so poorly I lost two stone 
Um, I've never felt more ill, but more elated and happy in my whole entire life. I didn't care if I threw my guts up from the morning, from the minute I woke up to the minute I went to sleep. If I was making a baby and this is what happens, then so be it. And I mean, I looked great. I've, I think my goal weight that I wish that I was now was actually how heavy I was at full term with <laughs> Um But I just loved absolutely every single moment of being pregnant with her. And when she was born, it just blew my mind. It was the hardest thing that I've ever done, ever. And I, I'd, you definitely don't get a medal. Definitely don't get a medal. There's no kudos. And I did it on just gas and air. And she came out like back to front with one hand above her head and it was just the most painful thing like all mums will say but I didn't care like I could hardly walk in the end of it it was awful but it was amazing at the same time and yeah Sienna came into our lives and she is literally the biggest ray of sunshine she's just like the best kids and I do feel like we were we were meant to have her which makes me feel awful saying that because the other two that I lost were still babies etc but I feel like Sienna was destined to be ours but yeah it was really tough and on my social media I just tried to talk about it as much as possible because it helped me but the amount of people that then messaged me to say oh my god I'm going through this at the moment I've got no one to talk to can you help me what do I need to do or did you feel like this or how long did you bleed for or what did you say to work? Because if they didn't know that you were pregnant, and then I was just like, you just need to tell them. Like, it's not illegal to have a baby while you're working. It You are going through quite possibly one of the most traumatic things in your life that you will go through, and you should not be doing it alone, whether it's support from friends, family, strangers on the internet, who I'd like to say 99.999% of the strangers on the internet are incredible. Um... And it really helped me. It helped me talk about it, but it also helped others. And it was like therapy for me talking about it out loud. But the amount of positive feedback that I got back from mums just messaging. And even now I get messages saying, Georgie, I know that you're not going through it at the moment, but this has happened and what do I do? And I will always, always try and help where I can. And then, yeah, we waited uh, until we had another one pretty much to do with childcare. We wanted to get the 30 hours free childcare before we had another baby. We decided to try again. It was by far out of all of the miscarriages that I've had, this one was horrific. And you would think that it gets easier, but it definitely doesn't. It it definitely gets harder. And I think the issue that you have with that is that people assume that because you've been through it before, twice, you'd be able to deal with it. And I couldn't. And it was really bad. And I think in my head, we were going to have a huge family Christmas. This was before COVID. It was 2019. And we were going to have a huge family Christmas. And I was like, right, this is going to be the announcement of all announcements. Because I just felt like we hadn't really necessarily had it like a proper announcement. And there were going to be 15 people there for Christmas. I was like, right, I'm going to buy everyone matching pyjamas. Like everyone is going to get a pair of matching pyjamas. My 97-year-old no, grandfather, my grandmother, mum, dad, everyone's going to have matching pyjamas. I'm going to give them to everybody and then tell everyone they've got to go put their pyjamas on on Christmas Eve. And then I'm going to come down in a Christmas pudding, expecting Christmas pudding pyjamas. And that would be the pregnancy announcement. Oh my God, I think I spent £180 on matching pyjamas. 
but we wanted to do the pregnancy announcement and it would have been when I was over Christmas like 12 no 13 weeks pregnant and they were like oh your 12 weeks gown will be after Christmas and I was like no no <laughs> I need it before because I want to make sure and I'm like I'm really sorry blah 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 I was like okay that's fine I understand thought right I'll just pay for a private scan just so that we know everything's fine I knew that everything was going to be great because I was still being sick and feeling awful and looking awful but it was fine like I don't mind like make me feel as horrific as possible because it just means that everything's fine and I remember going in the car with Scott to the private scan and I was sort of like skipping along so excited because it was the 17th of December and we paid for this private scan and we lying there and I pulled my top up and I was really excited. And the lady that was doing the scan didn't speak very good English, which was fine. Um, I was like, I don't, like, it doesn't matter who's doing it sort of thing. Just show me my baby. And so I was there and Scott was there. And she, literally the words just went, baby, no heartbeat. Literally just came out of her mouth. And oh, oh. my God, I was we were completely flawed and I could not keep it together because I'd only been sick that morning and Scott was sat on the seat at the end of the bed because it was a private one unlike the NHS there were like screens everywhere so you could see everything and I literally I remember I got up and I literally grabbed some toilet roll like the big tissue stuff wiped my stomach and I ran out I feel awful because I left Scott in there to do I just needed to get out and I remember literally in the car park, oh, I fell to the floor. And it was so shit. And um, I got in the car and I rang my mum, who knew I was pregnant, because I told, I told my mum everything. And um, I just said to her, mum, I've lost the baby again. Um, I said, but I haven't miscarried. The baby was still in my tummy. And basically, my body obviously still thought I was pregnant. And so I was giving off all of the hormones, which was making me sick and making me feel awful. But the baby had died. And I went, after I'd stopped crying, I went back into the scanning place. And she said to me, you need to go to hospital. So I was like, okay, fine. And so we went to hospital back in the bloody early pregnancy unit for like, the four, I don't know how many times I've been in there, loads of times. And... um we were sat there and like when you're pregnant like you show quicker and I was really bloated and my belly was like big and there was a woman there sat next door to us she was drunk in the early pregnancy unit center and pregnant and she basically turned around to me and just went you're not supposed to be here it's only for people that are early pregnancy not pregnant like full pregnant and I looked at her and I was just like leave me alone I'm not even pregnant and she sort of was like oh that sort of thing and I just thought oh my god like what am I doing here so we sat and we waited and there was a whiteboard in front of us and the nurses were changing over and it was like the names of the doctors and the nurses that were on duty and this lady came up and she'd wiped one name off and she wrote her name on the board and her name was Angel. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, my God, that is OK. That's a sign. 
sort of thing and like these big fat ploppy heavy tears were like running down my face and Scott and we went in and had another scan and she said look I'm really sorry the baby has died you're going to need to have the baby removed blah 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 and all this sort of thing and literally I couldn't all I could think about was I'd bought 15 pairs of goddamn pyjamas and how this was going to be the worst Christmas in the whole entire world and it was supposed to be the best Christmas she took us into this room which I've been in twice before and she came in and she was like I'm so sorry blah 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 and they, they're amazing like they were amazing and she said look you've got some options and this was new to me because the previous times I had miscarried so my body had done it itself and she said to me like you are we need to like you know I feel awful when you say this like but it's just like we need to remove the baby like right and she said oh you can take a, a pill um or you can have something else or you can have like a procedure where we take the baby out under general anesthetic and I just went what's quicker and what will stop this like now I said I've got a five-year-old at home and I Christmas is supposed to be happening and I'm here and she just went um if you have a DNC it will be done and dusted like ready for Christmas so that I was like okay fine then I'll do that and two days later I'll went to hospital Scott took me to hospital and this thankfully was before Covid so he was allowed to be with me the whole time I had to get there at two but I had to lie in this bed for five hours waiting for my turn to go in to have theatre and I remember then going into the anaesthetic room and the nurses were great like they they obviously read your notes and they know why you're in there and uh she said oh as she was putting the anaesthetic in my arm she said oh just imagine this one's a gin and tonic and I said make it a triple blah 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 blah, and off I went and I remember waking up which felt like instantly and oh my god I woke up crying (laughs) like crying 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 and I was just looking around and there was a nurse next door to me like doing my observations and stuff (laughs) I'll never forget it like me and my dad don't come out of anesthetic very well and you say stuff but you can hear what you're saying but you can't have control of what you're saying and I'll never forget it I looked to this nurse next door to me and I just went I'm really horny and I just went, oh, my God, no, I'm not. I'm so sorry. And she laughed and I just went, I can't believe I've just said that in the most inappropriate terms. She said, it's absolutely fine. She said, actually, humour will help you. And I said, no, I get that. I said, but I am the opposite of that. I said, I am so far from that right now. She was like, I know, like, blah, 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 blah. And I had a little chuckle to myself because I made myself laugh. And yeah, I came out of hospital and Scott was waiting for me and took me home. And I came home and my house was full, full to the brim of flowers. Like people had just brought flowers around because Scott had said, George is in hospital, blah, 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 blah. And it was just a conveyor belt of flowers, 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 flowers. And it was amazing. Like it was amazing. I say it was amazing. It was just amazing to have people around me. But oh my God, I felt horrific. Like I just felt like I'd been hit by a bus emotionally and physically it was Christmas Sienna my like she was just beside herself she was so excited Father Christmas was coming and I just couldn't think of anything worse than celebrating Christmas and Scott had gone he had a I don't know where he went he had like a work function I had to go pick up but I had Sienna at home and I was trying to do Christmas things with her and I remember we made some Maltese of fudge in the slow cooker and I'm thinking to myself This was the 23rd of December and I'm like, I feel awful, like awful. 
my stomach felt like someone was stabbing me with a knife and I just felt so poorly and this supposed dnc that i had was supposed to remove everything it hadn't it was just constant 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 horrible bleeding and i just rang up the hospital and was like i, f- I feel awful and they said you need to get to hospital now i was like my husband's not here i've got my five-year-old i literally i was like come on sienna we'll go we're going to hospital and I put her in my car. I drove to Southampton Hospital and I rang Scott on the hands free and just said, I'm going to the hospital, meet me there. And got to the hospital and he arrived just as I arrived. And he was with Logan. He'd gone to go and get Logan, my stepson. So Logan was there, bless him. He was like 16, just looking at his stepmom thinking, I don't know how to make this better. Like my stepkids are incredible and his little heart you could see that he was just like I don't know what's going on but I know it's bad and I went and got assessed and the woman said to me you can't go home tonight like you've got a really bad infection you need to stay in hospital and I was like hold hold on no you're supposed to just give me like a magic pill something and then I go home because it's Christmas Eve tomorrow like you can't keep me here she's like no you need medication you need drips and all this crap and honestly (laughs) I was just like this is not happening I had nothing with me we had two cars because I'd driven there Scott had driven there we had two children and I was just like oh god I don't I I don't know how to fix this I need Scott with me but and I just rang my best friend Cheryl and I was like mate I need you now And I I don't know how she got there so quickly, but she did. And with her, she brought a bag and it had pyjamas in it, face wipes, clean pants, some food, phone charger, just stuff in it that I hadn't even asked for. I literally just said to her, can you come pick up the kids? Um, She was like, yeah, I'll be there in a second. Like, literally, she just drove. Like, she just got in her car and drove and came and picked the kids up. And she took the car seat out of my car and put it in and she literally just passed got a bag I didn't even see her um and just took the kids like she just took them home and bought them Domino's pizza and just made it like nice or whatever it was and I stayed in hospital once with Scott and they were like oh you need to stay in blah 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 and I remember being put on a ward and like I had drips coming out of me left right and center and people coming and prodding and poking me every three seconds and they woke me up every hour on the hour to check and do whatever and I was lying in this ward with another woman um we didn't talk or anything I could just hear that she was about to have a DNC and obviously she we were at different stages of whatever and I remember just lying in this hospital bed no one knew that I was pregnant <laughs> let alone no one knew that I was no longer pregnant. No one knew that I'd had an operation to remove the baby. No one knew that I was now poorly in hospital. And I had a five-year-old and Father Christmas was supposed to be coming and I was in bed in a hospital. It was just really, really, really shit. Really shit. Um, But I waited and I waited and the doctor came and saw me and he was like, you need one more round of antibiotics. And then once you finish that we should be able to get you home. And I remember saying to him, I really need to eat something. I don't think I've eaten for like 48 hours. So they went and got me some food. My blood pressure was really low. And then um, 
yeah, they finally said I could go. I had to wait for more medication to go to come. And then I said to Scott, like, you need to come and get me. And bless my brother had driven from London, where they live, over to where I am in Southampton, picked Sienna up and took her from my house to my mum and dad's house because they didn't know whether or not I was allowed out of hospital. And if I wasn't, Scott would have stayed with me and Sienna would have been at mum and dad's and at least she would have had Christmas. I remember Scott picked me up, I got home and I just sat in the bath as soon as I got home. Sienna wasn't here because she'd already gone. And I sat in the bath and was just like, I need to get my shit together. Like, I need to get my shit together. And normally, like, the people know me on Instagram and stuff. I'm like, hair and makeup and it's Christmas. And I literally just got in the car in my pyjamas. And my whole family were there, all 15 of them, looking at me. And I walked in the front door and I literally was just like, nope, don't talk to me about it. Just, I'm literally going to put on my best game face. And I went upstairs into my bedroom at my parents' house and I put on a full face of makeup. I put my dress on and came downstairs and I just pretended that it hadn't happened. And like people would look at the photos and just think, oh, look at her. Like she's made out that she's had the most horrific time. And there she is with curled hair and a full face of makeup, like holding her daughter. And I was like, yeah, I know. Tell me about it. Like it was horrendous. And I remember sitting in the kitchen with my mum. And she was running around, bless her, doing stuff for Christmas. And my grandmother died a long time ago, but we always have a glass of sherry to toast my grap. And mum gave one to me. I sat there and I was just sat on the chair in the kitchen, crying and crying and crying away from like Sienna and everyone. And she came over and she filled up my glass of sherry and she was like, drink that. <laughs> then she came back again. She's like, drink that. And my dad came in and bless my dad, he's ex-army, he's not very good at emotions. And he literally just came and gave me, like, he patted me on the head and was like, It'll, it will be all right, Poppet, it will be fine. <laughs> Had another sherry. And then I just remember sitting at the table on Christmas Day, surrounded by, like, my whole family. <laughs> I drank quite a lot that day. Yeah, it was just one of those, like, out-of-body moments where you just think, how the hell has this happened again? And I'd, I'd vowed that we weren't going to have any more kids. Like, that was it. I just couldn't do this again, ever. It was just horrific. This was the last thing that I ever wanted to put myself through. And it was the worst experience I've ever been through. And I said to Scott, no more. And he was like, okay, no more. No more. And that was it. Like, we had Sienna and we didn't need any more. Like, she was everything. Turns out, if you have sex without contraception, you make children... <laughs> <laughs> who knew who knew and uh february 13th i was at my desk at work and i was like i feel weird again oh shit and i was damn i'm not buying myself another clear blue clear blue <laughs> they are expensive and so i was like right and on my lunch break i went to poundland and i bought you can get four pregnancy tests for a pound in poundland and I uh, went to the toilet in the office and oh my God, I was pregnant and I didn't know what to do. I literally was like, oh my freaking, like, oh my God, how, how has this happened? Obviously I know how it happens, but well, yeah, we fell pregnant and I told my parents and again, it was, we're happy, but we're not talking about it. That would just, you need to get you to 12 weeks. And then once you've got to 12 weeks and uh, yeah, then we had a world pandemic <laughs> and I was pregnant with, 
throughout the whole world pandemic and that is tough when you've gone through what you've gone through and then you can't go to any scans with your partner I paid in total for 12 scans because I was so petrified and obviously NHS which is another thing that I desperately wish would change you only get support from the NHS if you've had three miscarriages consecutively not so because I'd had Sienna in between I wasn't allowed any extra support or any extra scans which is awful like but it is what it is and I think I spent about one and a half thousand pounds on private scans um I think I went and had a scan like once every three weeks because I just was so scared of losing the baby bit by bit it was happening and it everything was okay and I was being sick and I kept on peeing on pregnancy tests to <laughs> to convince myself that I was still pregnant um uh yeah because now Poundland did them four for a pound I could pee on as many as I wanted because it was fine and yeah I just kept on doing that and then suddenly it was a 12-week scan obviously Scott wasn't allowed at any of them and then we went for a gender scan he wasn't allowed at that I don't know if you remember seeing the video of finding out that he was a boy in the car and honestly like I was like oh my god we've got one girl rainbow and we're having a boy rogue, which was like my ultimate dream because I've got a baby brother and I just wanted exactly the same for Sienna. And yeah, we met Quinn happened. <laughs> and we had our second rainbow baby out of five pregnancies. He's huge. Um, delivering a nearly ten pound baby wasn't number one on my <laughs> list of things to do <laughs> in my lifetime, but I did it and he's absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um and yeah, so now I have two children after quite possibly the most horrific experience of trying to get them. And I do feel bad because I think my experiences have made my close friends and family worry. My best friend Cheryl had a baby and I think she was petrified because of what happened to me, kind of assuming that because it had happened to me, it would happen to her. And I think I've I've just been incredibly unlucky. And she's had like a dream pregnancy and the most beautiful little boy with her other half. And I mean, it was my dream to be on maternity leave with my best friend. The fact that we were in a world <laughs> in a pandemic during it is beside the point. We did achieve it. It's just we couldn't really see each other. But yeah, it was just tough. And I look in my lounge now as I'm talking to you and it's full to the brim of toys and snotty tissues and half drunk cartons of juice. And I just I remind myself like this is all I ever wanted I mean, I would also love my house to be tidy, but, (laughs) you know, you just take, like, honestly, I wouldn't change them for the world. And it is so hard because you just think, am I strong enough to do this again? Am I strong enough? And my families and friends strong enough? Have they got enough money to keep buying me flowers? But you totally are. And you've just got to keep going. And I'm not going to lie, like, Quinn wasn't a mistake at all because I knew deep down that I wanted another one, but it happening so quickly after what happened wasn't necessarily the plan. And so I was scared that it was going to happen again. But I think talking about it has definitely helped. Me talking about it has also meant that I wanted to find out more information about it. Working with Tommies and reading all the information that they've got, but talking to other ladies that have gone through it. But... Scott really struggled 
and I think there is nowhere near enough support like the mums are going through it physically and emotionally but the dads are going through it emotionally as well it's really tough for them and they can't fix it they can't make it better and like my husband feels like his sole purpose well not his sole purpose but he wants to protect and look after and make sure that I'm okay and put things right again and he couldn't he couldn't fix it um the fact that I've created quite possibly the carbon copy of my husband, but mine is a beer, a beard and a beer, um, I think has made all of his dreams come true at once. He's now got two boys and two girls, but I'm not going to lie. It was a journey. Um, it was hard, but you're stronger than you think, I guess. And I put myself through it to get ultimately what I wanted. And yeah, the body is a funny thing. It's an amazing thing. Um, but I also learned another thing, which I now say to other mums is that it's nothing that you've done. Like you, you haven't done anything wrong. Um, it is just your body's way of going, unfortunately, this isn't right or something's wrong or whatever. I don't recommend lugging furniture around the house, (laughs) but yeah. And And by sharing what you've shared with us today, you are essentially allowing you're giving permission to any other person to open up and tell their story silence is that secret killer that that is so hard to deal with so I can only thank you for being honest and open (laughs) but but you know what the the tears the tears are healing Mm. and I say this to to everybody I'm interviewing that stories will 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 grab us in in the heart they will make us feel things and that's okay. We're allowed to have the emotions yeah. that, that that come with oh, the story. Absolutely. And it is a roller coaster of emotions, a massive roller coaster because one minute you're elated because you're pregnant, then you're beyond devastated because you're not. Then there's guilt because you're burdening people with your emotions and whatever. Then there's like forgiveness and understanding. And then you're pregnant again. And then it's literally like a constant, constant like roller coaster. But telling people that you're pregnant, not until you're 12 weeks, I think is hard because you just need that support sooner. And people are like, let's not talk about it. Let's just wait until you're 12 weeks. And then once you've got there, I said, whether my baby is one week, 10 weeks or 48, not 48, babies don't last for 48, <laughs> um, 39 weeks pregnant, it's still a baby like it's still uh it's still alive and a baby and it is just as important to me at three weeks old as it is at 33 weeks old and it's about not not sort of like taking away the importance and the excitement of pregnancy just because you're not at that 12 week stage and, and the, that arbitrary number that somebody has set that says, oh, before then you you have to keep quiet and after then you can celebrate, it, it it's a harsh, cruel reality. And that was the thing for me when I was lying in the hospital bed. And I did post something on my Instagram saying, like, this year I've fought, like, the hardest battles and no one knew. And it was true because I desperately just wanted to say this is going on at the moment but also I wanted to be respectful of my friends and family that didn't know um yeah and yeah like it's hard it's tough like being pregnant is tough not being pregnant is tough being pregnant and being ill 
not being pregnant and everyone around you being pregnant is to, like the whole journey of pregnancy is tough on everyone and talking about it I guess also makes people worry <laughs> because it's like oh my god is that going to happen to me but it's also making them aware that yes it could but if it does then there's support out there and you don't have to be essentially on your own but I mean I sit here today I've got a five-year-old that looks like eight-year-old I've got a one-year-old that looks like a 14-year-old and this Christmas I I don't I've said to my parents this Christmas is going to be the best Christmas ever like I the like, Christmas before last we'd lost the baby last Christmas we were in lockdown this Christmas is going to be the best and it's you just got to keep going but I'm so glad thank you though for asking me to talk about it because it's been really nice to chat and just remember that it's been a tough old road but you get to the end and it's yeah it's good and your your honesty and your openness is is so it's so good to hear and to listen to and I know that there'll be so many more women out there that are doing it on their own and they don't absolutely have to they can reach out and as you say strangers on the internet and I've I've had the same when, when Chris died and as I've spoken about that Strangers on the internet, I've made some of the most amazing friends. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I I can hand on heart say some of the people that I've met over the internet are some of my closest friends, some of which I've met, some of which I haven't. But I feel like I know them, they know me. And yeah, I will always, always try and help someone if they're struggling, um, especially when it's miscarriage and yeah whether it's for me for children like Sienna had no idea she had absolutely no idea and I think when they get a little bit older for example Logan who was 16 when it happened I don't think we really actually thinking about it now addressed it with him I think we just sort of pretended it didn't happen so it wouldn't affect him but yeah it's just thinking about everyone not just not just the mum Thank you so much. I've been asking all of my guests if they have a life quote or a a verse or a a saying that they would like to share with my audience. Can you tell us what yours is? Um, I mean, it's definitely rainbow related, but yeah, so got to ride the storm to get your rainbow. And yeah, it's been a, it's been a stormy one, but I've got two of the brightest rainbows now. So yeah, I'll ride any storm if it meant that I got them. Oh, thank you so much. That's been, it's been an absolute pleasure. It's been my privilege to hear you talk about this. And I just hope and pray that anybody listening, if they are going through anything, they can reach out. I will pop Georgie's um, Instagram handle in the show notes. And there's a lady there. if, If you ever need somebody to talk to, she said openly that she'll happily be that listening ear at the end of the internet. You can do the exact same with me. I'll also pop some links to Tommy's in the show notes as well so that if anybody is struggling, they can get in touch. Georgie, thank you so much for being my guest today. You are welcome. Um, And I am looking forward to watching your two beautiful children grow up over the the years. (laughs) Thank you, Stacey. What a powerful story. If you want more information about my guest or their story, check out the show notes. All the details are there. I would love to know what you think about this episode head over to Instagram at the life chapters pod and tell me what you think. I really would love to know 
And if you have a story to share and you want to do it here on the Life Chapters podcast, please get in touch. My door's always open and I would love to give you the platform to share your story. Thank you.